the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And yeah, we got a show for you tonight. Got great, two great guests that are going to be joining me uh, together on the same uh, interview. Um, we got news and notes to get to, but uh, I have to tell you, and I can tell you how to follow me and all that other stuff, but you know, if you're onto the show, you're already following me, and I'll, I'll, I'll make mention of that in the next segment, but um, I have to tell you. Um, Starting off with Mean Streets there from Van Halen, uh, from the Fair Warning album, which happens to be one of my all-time favorite Van Halen albums because it's so heavy. The loss of Eddie Van Halen earlier this week at 65 is one of those gut-wrenching moments in your life, right? If you're a you know music fan, um, if you grew up when I did, um, Eddie Van Halen was your guitar god, right? I've spoken on the show often about my reverence for Stevie Ray Vaughan, Turned me on to the blues. The man was amazing. Got an opportunity to see him a couple of times. Um, But Eddie Van Halen transcended all of that. Most of the music that I listened to in the late 70s and early 80s, all influenced by Eddie Van Halen. Every guitar player in every heavy metal band that I listened to wanted to be Eddie Van Halen. Especially the guitarists that came out of that uh, Southern California rock. The Guns N' Roses, the Dawkins, the Motley Crues, the... Uh, You know, all of those guys wanted to be Eddie, you know, and tried to imitate him, never duplicated. Eddie Van Halen uh, passing away uh, this past Tuesday at 65 of lung cancer is as devastating for me from a musical standpoint. You know, I often talk, obviously, the show is about beer. It's about small business, but it's also about music. It's also about concerts. It's also about the things that you do while you're drinking a beer and how you socially interact with other people, right? Uh, how you go to a, a brewery to have a beer and there's music playing in the background. And sometimes there's some Van Halen going on in the background. Um, I'm not going to get into the merits of which, which version of Van Halen was better. Is it David Lee Roth? Is it Sammy Hagar? My personal opinion, they had much more commercial success with Sammy Hagar than they did with David Lee Roth. Um, and I saw both bands. Obviously, I saw Roth later on in his career, not in the early days of Van Halen. Uh, but I have to say... The Hagar version of Van Halen is by is my favorite, even though there's so much stuff from the Roth era that's amazing. The band was kind of in a transition period in those mid-80s. They went to keyboards and synthesizers and pianos. A lot of people blame Sammy Hagar for that. Sammy's not to blame for that. That's all Eddie Van Halen. 
He wanted to expand musically. DLR didn't. Plain and simple. Um, I love both versions of the band, uh, but we will absolutely positively miss Eddie Van Halen. Uh, and we will sprinkle some Van Halen and some stuff that you might not recognize as being Eddie Van Halen uh, throughout the course of the show. And no, I'm not going to play Beat It. That's the too obvious one. But I will play something else later on uh, that will surprise you. Coming up in 20 minutes, Jim McCune, Jackie DeBella uh, from the Crampier Marketing Awards will join me. The awards site is now live. We're going to check in with Jim and Jackie. The Crampier Marketing Awards started last year. A lot of local breweries in the New York, New Jersey area did win awards from it. Uh, the awards are live, but one, you know, obviously it's a different world now in this pandemic. Uh, people weren't able to get out to breweries. A lot more cans were put out. So I wanted to talk to um, Jim and Jackie about that perspective of it and what are the big popular awards that people are going for in this Craft Beer Marketing Awards. That's going to come up uh, in about 20 minutes from now. Let's quickly dive into news and notes uh, and a bunch of different things here. So back on Thursday, the 1st of October, a New York State controller, uh, Thomas DiNapoli, came out with a report that uh, basically um, laid bare the extent of the pandemic's fiscal impact on one of New York City's lifeblood industries, which only saw a return to indoor dining uh, back on Wednesday, September 30th, at a, at you know a 25% capacity, Denapoli said the industry is challenged under the best of circumstances, and many eateries operate on tight margins. Now they face an unprecedented upheaval that may cause many establishments to close forever. He's saying. As many as half of all New York City's bars and restaurants could shutter permanently within the next six months because of coronavirus. He said in the next half year, a third to half of all city bars and eateries could fall past the point of no return, potentially taking over 150,000 jobs with them. Nearly three quarters of those employed in the city's restaurant industry already have found themselves jobless at the height of the pandemic, according to the report. This is not good. And I get it. We're seeing shutdowns again because of spikes in certain areas of, the, of, of New York City and outside of New York City. But we have got to get these restaurants open and get these people, uh, you know, a lifeline or government has to step in. Whether it's the city, the state or the federal government, I'm going to keep banging this drum un, until this is over. We have got to have some sort of assistance for these people because to lose that many restaurants and bars, to lose that much of a, you know, you know, economy, that is not good for New York City. Maybe it's okay in other parts of the country. It's not good in New York City. Uh, a state judge ruled that New York's ban on live music at bars and restaurants is unconstitutional. Uh, this from New York State Supreme Court Justice Frank Sedita, who ruled against the state's ban that live music cannot be advertised and ticketed. The state previously ordered that live music can only be incidental and not a draw for the restaurants themselves. It effectively prevented musicians from performing locally since they couldn't promote their shows. Uh, the attorney who brought this up, Paul Cambria in, in Buffalo, says it means they can advertise that they have musical groups. Uh, he brought the lawsuit on behalf of the Sportsman Tavern in Buffalo. Um, and basically the state Supreme Court said, yeah, what Governor Cuomo did there was unconstitutional. So they've overturned it. No word on if the state is going to challenge uh, that ruling. Our good friends from Stone Brewing uh, has re have released a new Mixed IPA pack. It's called Stone Leave No Stone Unturned IPA Mixed Pack. It's out nationwide. And they got a little something extra to go along with it. Our friend Lizzie had uh, sent this along uh, for us. So they teamed up with Jackbox Games to bring you hilarious virtual party games to pair with this new mixed pack. It includes the new Stone Cosmic Runestone IPA. Uh, the perfect mix of Jackbox games and, and four excellent IPAs lets you share great times and big laughs with your friends and family, even if you're miles away. 
Uh, and for for fans of Stone, you can use the code STONE for 45% off the Jackbox Party Pack number three. And you can find out all about uh, the information there. Stonebrewing.com slash Jackbox, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, so uh, what it is is it's essentially a virtual uh, uh, game on a computer, or, you know, and you use your smartphone uh, to to play. And so you can get this, um, you know, on your computer. You're hanging out with friends. Maybe you're home. You put the computer up on the screen. You redeem the code. You get 40, uh, 45% off. And... Um, the, the four different beers in the pack, it's the regular Stone IPA, the Cosmic Rune Stone IPA that I mentioned, the Fear Moving Lions uh, Stone Double IPA, which I find one of my favorites from Stone so far, and Stone Delicious IPA. So they, have, uh, they, they actually pair it with different games from, uh, uh, from the, uh, the company uh, Jackbox Party Pack, uh, number three. So if you use the code STONE, you'll get yourself 45% off of the game, which is pretty cool. Um, and I want to thank Stone for sending me uh, th- that information. Um, I believe they're going to be sending me the beers for that. Also, as I'm trying to get my email up here because they did send a couple of other things that I've forgotten to copy and paste um, into, let's see, let me just scroll down very quickly. Uh, oh, let's see here. I know we're running, we're running a little late here, and, of course, my email is ridiculously slow. So before I get to that, let me jump to Heavy Seas. They have a new stout that's coming out, a dessert stout. Uh, it is a collaboration with um, Reeb's Candies, and it's called Jimmy Truffle. It's a dessert stout that's inspired by Reeb's uh, iconic Jimmy Truffles. It is a uh, chocolate, it is a dessert stout. It's available in four packs, 16-ounce cans. And uh, this is, let's see, they have uh, roasted barley, chocolate, Vienna, and dark crystal malts, along with cacao powder, chocolate syrup, and 35 pounds of Jimmy's. They don't call them sprinkles. They call them Jimmy's. Uh, again, it'll be l- released at the brewery on Friday, October 23rd uh, through Saturday, October 24th. Uh, for more information, you can visit hsbeer.com. And for more information on Reeb's Candies, just visit rhebs.com. And, of course, the label artwork designed by Chris Kippel of Night Shift Creative, who has designed all of Heavy Seas' 24th anniversary beer labels uh, since this past December. And let's see, what did... What did Lizzie send me here from Stone? Let me click on this. So, uh, like I said about the uh, the mixed four pack, they uh, for Halloween drinking they are suggesting in Day of the Dead they are suggesting their Stone Buena Vesa, and of course uh, the holiday beers that are out right now, Stone Zocavesa, which a great great uh, Mexican inspired uh, stout. You got Stone Enjoy by Halloween, uh, a double IPA, and of course the Twelve Days of IPA with a mixed pack of twelve different IPAs and Stone is also giving their employees off on Election Day so that they can go out and vote paid. That is pretty cool. So thanks to the good folks from Stone uh, for all of that information. Now, when we come back after a short break, yes, we'll have more news and notes. And yes, we're going to do more Van Halen stuff because losing Eddie Van Halen, to me, is an unbelievable tragedy in the music world. The man was a god, 65, is way too young to pass away. We will talk more about Eddie Van Halen and, of course, Lots more stuff from the beer world when we come back after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Love Walks In, Van Halen, 5150. First album with Sammy Hagar. Back in 1986, uh, of course, we're talking about the passing of uh, Eddie Van Halen uh, earlier this week at the age of 65 to lung cancer. Uh, a song which, you know, obviously got Van Halen on the charts big time and an album that was incredibly successful. But a lot of people didn't like that album because it was so synthesized and keyboard heavy. And, of course, they blamed, they blamed the fans did, Sammy Hagar, for that. Uh, when in reality, it was more of Eddie who wanted more keyboards. We'll get to that in just a second. You can follow me very easily on Twitter, at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at albert g at nycradio.com. We're on iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the show on that platform. Alexa Ready as well, radio.com, uh, iHeartRadio, and, of course, the Hopped Up Network. If you head over to thehoppedupnetwork.com, uh, you can listen to the podcast version of this program uh, Monday mornings before 6 a.m. Coming up in 10 minutes, Jim McCune, Jackie DeBella from the Craft Beer Marketing Awards will join me. The award site is live. We'll check in with Jim and Jackie since the pandemic has affected a lot of breweries uh, and how they are doing things differently uh, this year. A couple of new twists to it, and it's uh, it'll be a fun interview, and that's coming up in just about 10 minutes from now. I'll get into the Van Halen stuff in just a second. I do want to get to the beer news because I wanted to devote most of this segment uh, to Eddie Van Halen and tell you my little story of actually meeting Eddie Van Halen. Uh, oh, God, God, is it almost 30 years ago? Yeah, it was 30, almost 30 years ago. So um, real quick, Flying Dog uh, is coming out with a non-alcoholic beer. It's a non-alcoholic IPA, contains less than 0.5% ABV. Uh, it's going to be 12-ounce cans um, packaged by Yards Brewing in Philadelphia. That's interesting. I did not know that. Um, I didn't realize that Flying Dog had a deal with Yards to do um, packaging. I have to explore that a little bit more. And then um, Coronado has a couple of beers. Haze on the Horizon. It's a hazy IPA brewed with Sabro, Citra, Nelson, and Moteca hops. Uh, it's a 6.7% ABV, and it's a 16-ounce can. Uh, they're also adding uh, an Orange Avenue Shandy. Uh, just a little over 4% in 16-ounce cans. And uh, uh, here's an interesting one from Goose Island. And I know people go, oh, it's AB InBev, et cetera, et cetera. I get that part of it. But Goose Island is, because of the pandemic, obviously they've had to adapt differently to what's going on in terms of their Bourbon County Stout that usually comes out on Black Friday. So what they're doing, there is a lottery that is on and will be available through midnight, October 12th, Central Time. So this show ends at midnight Eastern, so you'll have an extra hour to enter if um, you want to enter in this. However, you have to go to Chicago in order to pick up uh, the bottle. So they do a, a lottery that gives fans a chance to take home the Chicago land-only Proprietors Bourbon County Stout, as well as first ac access to the year's variants. So uh, there's a lottery that's on right now. Uh, if, you, uh, if you get into the lottery... You will um, be able to pick up this allotment. It's $130. You get two bottles of 2020 Proprietors Bourbon County Stout. You get one bottle of 2020 Bourbon County Stout Special Number 4. One bottle of 2020 Prop Days Exclusive uh, Barrel-Aged Stout. And then you get one Prop Days 2020 Commemorative Snifter. So you get a glass and you get four bottles uh, of the Bourbon County Stout, of course, two of which are only available in the Chicago area and obviously um, you know, only available by this you know, this drawing, I guess. And the other thing is they are implementing their first ever multi-day drive-through proprietors they pick up at the United Center 
where the Blackhawks play. Uh, and so th- you'll be able to go to the arena, drive up, and you'll be able to pick up your beer from there. So that is, uh, is, is kind of cool if you're into such a thing. I have so many bottles of Bourbon County Stout. See, my biggest thing that Goose Island and AB and Bev did, they put too much of this stuff out there. I mean, you could get a bottle now for about 10 bucks if you do the right you know, searching around. Some people are still trying to sell it at $20, $25 a bottle. That's crazy. Uh, there's no way that I would, I would pay that much um, for that bottle, especially for that bottle. If it's a rare bottle of something, that's one thing. But when it's Bourbon County Stout, when I can get it pretty much anywhere in any liquor store, I'm going to search around and shop uh, for the best deal. And in some years, you know, you see just cases and cases of it lying around, and these guys are just trying to get rid of it. So if, you, you know, if you're smart about it, you can find um, a bottle at an inexpensive price. But I think I have a couple of bottles from, like, 2015. They've been aging now for five years. I should probably uh, crack one of them open and see how it aged out because you can age the, be- the beer for a couple of years in the bottle if it's done in the right conditions. Anyway, let me get into my uh, Van Halen story uh, of meeting Eddie Van Halen. So as I mentioned at the top here, um, fans were not happy with the Sammy Hagar era of Van Halen. But this had more to do with Eddie wanting to evolve as a musician, which is why he was noodling around with keyboards and piano and stuff. Remember, he started playing the piano. His pa- his, his father wanted, them, wanted him to learn piano. So in... Um, the 1984 album, you know, obviously their biggest, one of their biggest commercial successes, Jump. You had Hot for Teacher. You had Panama. But Jump, mostly keyboard. David Lee Roth didn't like the direction that the band was going, and that's part of the reason why Roth was let go from the band. They brought in Sammy. And Sammy was kind of on a whim. Hagar tells the story all the time. Eddie called him up, said, hey, why don't you come? I just built a studio. Uh, they, they lived a couple of miles apart or whatever in California. He went... Just getting off a tour, you know, had big success with I Can't Drive 55, uh, was doing his Montreux stuff as well, as well as his solo stuff. Eh, whatever. He goes, they, they hung out for a couple of hours, they jammed, they ended up writing a bunch of songs that were on 5150, like right away. And I think, as the story goes, they recorded the album, I think, in a, in, in a day or two. Uh, they had it all done. So, um, Love Walks In comes out, big hit on the radio, especially on, uh, uh, you know, uh, Hit radio, you know, the, the Z100 types of, uh, of, of radio stations, Dreams, you had uh, Why Can't This Be Love. All of these songs uh, were popping, and fans were upset because uh, they felt that Sammy had more of the keyboard influence. Sammy wanted to just play guitar. In fact, on 5150, that's the only album that Sammy plays rhythm uh, with Eddie, and then I think he played on one more, I think he played on OU812, I think he played guitar on one song, and that was it, never really played guitar again on an album. But I, I, I'm getting away from the story of meeting Eddie Van Halen. So my first job uh, in radio was over at the old WNEWFM, the place where Rock lived, as I mentioned earlier in the show. And um, every October, they would do this uh, Rocktober um, festival with Scott Muni, and they would have different artists come in, and fans would come in and see the show live. And I used to work on the morning show with Dave Herman. And so the promotions manager, who is uh, vice president of event production for the Brooklyn Nets right now, Paul Cameras, if he's listening, he'll remember that. And he came to me and he said, hey, can you stick around? We need some help uh, with uh, Muni stuff in the afternoon. And I said, yeah, absolutely. He was the promotions manager uh, for WNEWFM at the time. So I stuck around and took a nap. The night before, I was at the Walden Wood Show at Madison Square Garden working for the radio station, so I barely had any sleep. So get to the Hard Rock. I find out it's Van Halen's going to be there today. Uh, Don Henley's going to be there. A couple of different acts. I'm like, this is great. 
We need more people. I call. I get. I get in touch with one of my buddies who's at John Jay Criminal College up the street. I said, "Come down. I can hire you. All you got to do is crowd control. We'll pay you. We'll feed you. This and that. Whatever." Okay, great. They come. They're hanging out. They're helping me out. And now here comes Van Halen. And so they walk in. Um, very cool people. I've, I've said before on the show, Sammy Hagar, one of the nicest people in the business. He is exactly what you see uh, on TV or you listen to on the radio. That's Sammy. 100% completely genuine. And we're sitting there, and they're noodling around on their instruments and stuff and getting ready to play. Uh, uh, I forgot what, I forgot even what song it was. And um, there's a, a, somebody taps me on the shoulder and hands me a bucket of beers. There's a bucket of Budweiser. So I put the bucket in between Sammy and Eddie, because, again, it's a tight space. So Sammy looks at me and says, you want a beer? So I'm sitting there waiting for them to go. I'm like, okay, sure. So I grab a beer. Sammy and I are drinking. Eddie kind of looks over like, you know, like, where's mine? <laughs> I hand him the beer. He says something to me. I can't even remember what he said. I was so nervous, and I just muttered, uh, thank you. That was my interaction with Eddie Van Halen. I didn't say another word to him the rest of the day. But it was surreal to be sitting, you know, literally three feet from the, the guitar god or my guitar god, as, you know, as a, as a kid growing up uh, in, on Staten Island, and uh, to get to watch these guys play two songs from such a close range was awesome. And then the best part, they're packing up, somebody taps me again on the shoulder and says, take Eddie's guitar out to the limo. And now I'm walking with his Frankenstein guitar out to the limousine as people are trying to grab onto this guitar because they want to touch it or whatever. It was a wild moment. My friends were jealous. They're watching me drinking beer with Van Halen, you know, from, from 10, 15 feet away. And I was on cloud nine. It was a great experience. You know, again, brief. I, sp- I spoke three words to Eddie Van Halen, but just to be in his presence and be that close after seeing the band for so many years in different iterations is just uh, a-, a thrill that I will never forget. When we come back after a short break, Jim McCune, Jackie DeBella from the Craft Beer Marketing Awards will join me. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Probably another one of my favorite Van Halen songs, Dance the Night Away, uh, from Van Halen number two. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Of course, the death of Eddie Van Halen earlier this week to lung cancer, 65, my friends, is way, way too young. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at albertgnnycradio.com. Of course, we're on iTunes. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the shows there. We're on the Hopped Up Network as well, Alexa Ready, uh, uh, Radio.com and iHeartRadio as well. And, of course, the HoppedUpNetwork.com for the podcast version of this program on Monday mornings before 6 a.m. My next guests, they work for the Craft Beer Marketing Awards and the CM, uh, CMBA have announced their annual award series. It's the second year, the first year, an enormous success. Early bird entries are taking place now. And for more info for brewers, how to enter your beer, etc., just go to craftbeermarketingawards.com. Let me welcome back to the program Jim McCune and Jackie DeBella to the Craft Beer Cast. Jim, Jackie, how are you guys? 
Good morning, Al. Thanks for having us. You got it. Now, it's been about a year uh, since we last spoke. Jim, how was the response uh, to the awards from Brewers last year? It was actually overwhelming. I mean, it was our first year, and, you know, we had high hopes, but um, it exceeded that. We had brewers and agencies uh, from all across North America enter, and um, we had all 30 categories filled, and it really went off without a hitch. That's that's fantastic. Now, early bird voting has started, uh, but there are some changes for this year. Mm -hmm. Jackie, tell us what's changed. Yeah, so other than a few category changes, we are officially going global. Um, Every country in the world is now eligible to enter. Uh, You enter your region, and then you have the opportunity to enter at a global level where you compete against all of the regions. Now, that's that's pretty cool. So uh, you had such a success. Obviously, last year it was just for the United States, but you decided to open uh, Mm -hmm. open it up to the rest of the world. Is it because people around the world, brewers around the world, wanted to get involved, or was it just... You got maybe uh, an entry from somebody in Europe, and you said, you know what, we need to include the rest of the world in this. Yeah, we had a lot of interest um, from all over the place. We did last year accept um, entries from Mexico and Canada, and that actually worked out very well. So now this year, we're really excited to see what we get. seemed like the natural progression. I mean, we developed the CBMAs to recognize and award the very best marketing in the brewer industry across the USA, and what you see going on across the world now um, is really close to what we've seen with the evolution of craft beer here in the state. So it just seemed like the right time. And Jackie and I said, let's create a whole brand new global trophy, which is our new global trophy. And uh, let's just do it. We're talking with Jim McCune and Jackie DeBella, both judges for the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. For more information on how to enter your beer, you know, your artwork, uh, all kinds of different categories, tap handles, cans, uh, etc., just go to craftbeermarketingawards.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So there's 30 different awards that'll be judged and awarded. And I love this because, obviously, we are dealing uh, with a pandemic right now. And gl- the um, mm-hmm. you have an award for uh, globally for best pandemic marketing. So I'll ask both of you this. So yep. far, in the last seven or so months, what piece of marketing has stuck in your head the most in terms of brewers trying to market their beer? Jackie, you go first. I think for me, it's the creativity that, you know, they've done with their cans to raise money for our essential workers, um, especially healthcare workers, collaborations they've done with each other. In a time where everybody should be super selfish and worrying about their business, the craft beer industry is not doing that. They got behind each other and, you know, brewed some good beer for a cause. And Jim? Yeah, I think it was amazing. I think a lot of the breweries were just faced with a challenge, you know, that was unprecedented with the pandemic and the quarantine. And um, they pivoted in a way that allowed them, you know, not only to survive, but to excel. And I think one of the ones that really stuck out was the All Together Project. Mm -hmm. And that was all wide collaboration um, brewed to support the hospitality industry and professionals. And I know like other half brewing and Jay Wakefield, they, they were some of the bigger breweries that helped push that off. But something like that was amazing the way it took off. Started out, I think, in 48 states and then went to 51 countries. So it just shows kind of like our tagline, which is like the whole, you know, drink local but think global mentality. 
Yeah, I, and you you mentioned the altogether one, and that was other half's recipe, and it was great. I mean, for me, locally in New York and New Jersey, it was great to taste that beer from all the different breweries, especially in New Jersey, because there were subtle tweaks and variations that each brewer kind of you know took that recipe and made their own, and some actually brewed it again and used it to donate proceeds maybe to a local food bank or maybe to uh, you know a local yeah. restaurant that was uh, hurting and needed help. So uh, I, I love the concept of that, and that's the great thing about all of these brewers. They all kind of work together. I know they're all competing for that same dollar, but in the end, when push comes mm-hmm. to shove, when one guy needs help from the other guy, everybody kind of just you know gets together and says, yeah, you know what, we need to do this. Especially, you're right, guys, at a time when they should be selfish and worrying about themselves and paying their bills and paying their employees, uh, they do something like this, which, mm-hmm. which I think is fantastic. Now, Jackie, when you're judging, let's take tap handles, for example. What are you looking for mm-hmm. from some of these breweries as they submit their handles from judging? What's the thing that stands out the most for you? You know, I think for me, it's if you're at a crowded bar, you're standing far away, you're taking a look at what's on tap, what's popping out to you, what's different. You know, everybody can do the same basic wooden handle, bright writing, some kind of logo on top. Um, you know, there's so many breweries that are using sustainable materials. They're they're using they're getting creative with old cans and making tap handles. I mean, there's some cool stuff going on. Something that's going to catch your eye. Uh, we're talking with Jim McCune and Jackie DeBella, both judges for the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. And for more information on how to enter your beer, art, your tap handles, whatever it is that you want to enter, just go to craftbeermarketingawards.com. Of course, early bird uh, entries are being accepted now. Uh, they, uh, I think the cutoff is uh, at the end of January, and then you guys are going to be um, uh, giving away the awards in March. And if I'm not mistaken... Uh, you'll be doing that in San Diego, but it'll be virtual, so uh, brewers don't have to be there. They don't have to attend uh, to get their awards. Is that correct? I'll leave it to either one of yes. you to answer that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We uh, our our uh, presenting sponsor is Hillebrand, mm-hmm. and they are co-sponsoring our award ceremony, which will take place during Craft Brewers Conference Week in San Diego this year which I think is like the last day of March into the first week of April. Well, so we're really looking forward to that. And brewers don't have to attend to accept their awards, right. but uh, most of them are out there for this. Uh, Jim, my guess is is that it may be tough uh, for one of the categories, obviously, is tap rooms, you know, best tap room. Uh, and, and it may be tough to judge tap rooms since many have been closed since the pandemic started in the U.S. back in mid-March, or is that not really an issue? Uh, in that case, it's not really an issue. Um, we're really looking at the beauty and the location and innovative things that they might have done that really help the, the craft brewing or drinking experience. Uh, one thing that we did evolve that category this year is we're going to accept video. Um, some people felt that, you know, seeing multiple photos wasn't really capturing, you know, the ambiance and beauty. So this year, judges will get to view sort of a video walkthrough to, to really uh, capture and understand that space. So we're looking forward to that for sure. That's pretty cool. And Jackie, um, I, I love some of these categories here. What out of, out of all of them, aside from the global pandemic one that I was uh, marketing that I was talking about, what is another category that you guys are, would be judging Jackie that stands out to you the most? Um, for me, I like the, um, the social media categories, I think some breweries do a really great job. But for me, I love the beer influencer of the year. 
Um, you know, there's a ton of people outside of the industry who have an interest in craft beer mm-hmm. who do a great job covering cool things they find. Um, so those were cool entries to see last year. Now at a global level, I'm really excited to see them. Yeah, and it, what's amazing to me about the breweries, Instagram seems to be the spot where if you're trying to promote your yeah. beer, uh, you're trying to promote your tap room. That seems to be the spot really to do it. I love Facebook. I love Twitter. But Instagram, to me, in my opinion at least, seems to be that focal point where you see that beer. Because I'm, I'm one of these guys sometimes where if I see a can in the store and it looks great, like the, just the visual of it, I want to try it. And most of the time, I would say eight times out of ten, the beer actually tastes good. And there's, there's that you know two you know that twenty percent chance where the beer isn't going to be as great as the canard, but for most of the time, I love the the attention to detail that some of these brewers put in that canard because they know it's visual. You see it, you, you're going to want to grab it. Mo, you know, beer color. You know, aside from stouts and porters and certain things, most IPAs are going to kind of look the same, especially in that hazy category. Uh, but I, I love the fact that that canard really kind of pops there. Uh, my my guests have been Jim McCune yeah. and Jackie DeBella. Both judges for the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. For more info on how you can enter your beer art, your tap handles, there's there's 30 different categories, and believe me, they've opened it up globally to everyone. So if you've got something that you want to uh, you know uh, enter, you should do it right now. Just go to craftbeermarketingawards.com. Uh, you need to have your entries in. Uh, I believe it's early, uh, the end of January you have to have the entries in. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the final early bird end on the first week of November. All right. Very good. Jim, Jackie, thanks so much for joining me again. Really much appreciate it. Looking forward to see uh, who wins, uh, or, you know, in the middle, in the, uh, I guess, the first quarter of, uh, of 2021 on the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. Thanks again for joining mm-hmm. me, guys. Thanks, Al. Thanks for the support. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Anytime. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, of course, the final segment of the program, and we are celebrating the life of Eddie Van Halen. So you're wondering, why am I playing this song, right? This is Thomas Dolby. You remember him from She Blinded Me With Science. Listen to the guitar. So the name of this song is called Eastern Block, and it's done by Thomas Dolby from his album Astronauts and Heretics, which came out, I think it was 90 or 91. Anyway, Eddie Van Halen plays the guitar on most of this album. Apparently, Thomas Dolby had asked him if he would sit in and play on a couple of tunes, and he said, yeah, sure, no problem, uh, in between records, and decided, records, by the way, for those of you who don't know, they put it on a turntable, put a needle on it, that's how we used to listen to music back in the day. And um, Eddie played on most of this album, which I had no idea. Now, I found out my two buddies at a radio show that I was working at, Radio Free New York, uh, Kurt Chaplin and Jimmy Buff, played this and said, do you know who the guitar player is? I had no idea. I wasn't that versed in music at that point. I mean, I knew music, but I didn't know it like I do today. And, um, and they were like, that's Eddie Van Halen. And I said, no way. 
I look in the liner notes, sure enough. And I thought he had played on like one or two songs. He plays on the majority of this album. Pretty wild. So Eddie had a very diverse career. You know, people obviously remember Van Halen, and obviously they remember that he was he played on Beat It with Michael Jackson, but he contributed to a lot of different artists and uh, and different albums and records and stuff. And he always loved playing, whether it was playing the guitar, playing the piano. He would mess around with a bunch of different instruments. So uh, he is certainly well missed. Now, let's dive into Suds and Duds. Lots of beers to get to. My neighbor, uh, Greg, had made a trip to Massachusetts and stopped at Treehouse Brewing and said, hey, I'm bringing a bunch of stuff home you haven't had. I said, great. So I go over his house one night, and we start sampling. And boy, let me tell you something. Um, we were sampling on a Thursday. Never a good idea when I have to work on Friday. But anyway, uh, started off with the Days by Treehouse. Uh, a nice bite on the back end of this beer. This is a fit. I've had the Haze. Days is a little bit danker. But it's got a bite at the end of it that is just fantastic. So great beer. Uh, then I had the uh, g g green uh, which is a really beautifully done, nice, smooth, juicy IPA, a fantastic beer. Obviously, they have their green, then they have their g g green and this is the g g g g green So I'm not going to do that again. Anyway, excellent beer. Then a beer that I brought over uh, that was a collaboration with uh, Fab with uh, Fermentation Arts and... Um, and Oslo Brewing, which I picked up, it's called Atlantis Will Prevail, uh, which I picked up at Nosvino um, in Westfield. Great little liquor store in, in Westfield, and they've really stepped up their craft beer game. A lot of good, good, solid craft breweries that I have not had, and they have there, and I'm able to, uh, to pick up and sample. This one was, this one was really good. Um, a funky hop uh, from Oslo, but so delicious going down. It was just a, a, a kind of a tweak on the, those hazy, juicy IPAs, and that was uh, that made the difference on this one. An excellent, excellent beer. And then we switched over, uh, my neighbor and I, to some of Treehouse's darker beers, and we did the Double Shot Paragon. Um, so smooth. The espresso in this beer is fantastic. Definitely an after-dinner beer. Definitely, as we like to call it, a fire beer. Getting cold out. You want something that's going to warm you up a little bit, have that little bit of coffee taste to it. This is definitely the beer to try, the Double Shot Paragon. Then I had a full can of Bright Citra. Oh, just a banging IPA. Juicy, delicious, so smooth, goes down perfectly. And then we shared We Are Made of the Same Stardust, another great beer. And we kind of related this beer. Um, There's a a banana, a little burnt sugar and chocolate, uh, an excellent beer. Bolero Snort did a beer similar to this, without the sugar, but a lot of banana. And Bolero's banana was much more present in it, uh, whereas this is a little bit more subtle. You taste it, you feel it, but it's not, it's not punching you in the face. Um, so if you like beers like that that have a little bit of banana in it, a little chocolate, uh, darker type of beer stouts, this is definitely one for you from uh, Treehouse. We are made of the same stardust. And then moving along, our favorite place that we like to go to, Paragon Tap and Table, um, had the uh, collab, uh, the, the carton uh, dressed just like dynamite. Boy, I'll tell you what, for a 10% beer, didn't taste like a 10% beer. Goes down very smooth, was excellent. Uh, enjoyed that very much. Uh, had the uh, Psychokinesis by Grimm. It's a nice, mild sour, um, tasty. Uh, I would say it's more, um, how would I describe this? Champagne-y? Uh, champagne dry. Um, not super puckery, 
Uh, kind of sh- kind of champagne dryness. That's uh, that's that's kind of how I would relate it. Um, Samuel Adams had sent me uh, some of their Oktoberfest beers. One of them happened to be Jack O' Pumpkin Ale. Um, this wasn't bad. A decent spice, a little sweet. Uh, it was okay. I don't know if I would go for it again, um, but it was definitely different. I was expecting the sweetness, but I wasn't expecting um, that much of it. So I don't know. I kind of offset uh, the pumpkin stuff. So I, I don't know. It's not a bad beer. I think if it was on tap. Uh, I'd probably try it again. I'd like to see the you know the difference in tap and bottle. Um, not the best beer that I had this week. Uh, Ein Prost from uh, Source Brewing, a well done, crisp, malty, smooth Oktoberfest beer. Excellent, well done, just a fantastic brew uh, from the guys at Source. Uh, the folks at Heavy Seas sent me uh, City Sipper. This is their locale IPA, and I have to tell you. I grab the uh, the card from them. So this is 95 calories, 4 grams of carbs, 4% ABV. Um, I have to say, if I was watching my weight, this is a beer that I would drink. Um, the, the problem that I have with these low-calorie IPAs is that I don't always feel like there's enough flavor in them. I get the hops, but I feel like there's not enough of them. Now, I, I obviously... I think the reason behind that is the fact that, you know, you, the more flavor you're putting in, the more calories you're putting in. Um, I just wonder what can be done to kind of up the game a little bit. It's a good beer. Is it a great beer? No. Uh, not in my opinion. But it's a good beer. It's a solid beer. Like, if again, if I'm working out and, and I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm watching what I'm, uh, what I'm drinking and I really want to have a beer, this is definitely a beer I would go to. Um, I, I, there are more that I have to try, and I know that there are a lot of uh, places that are going to be coming out with more of them. This one is a sol- is a solid one, but is it the best locale IPA? No, I, I'm, I'm I haven't gotten there yet. When I get there, I'll let you know. Um, with the folks from Timber Ales, as we continue on our Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy, the answer uh, between State and Maine by Timber Rails, well balanced, hazy, hoppy IPA, and the tropical flavor shines through. With every sip, Timber Ales can do no wrong in my book. Their stouts are great. Their IPAs are excellent, spot on. Uh, Jason Stein is doing a fantastic job uh, with his beer. Speaking of which, He Who Walks Among Monsters is a stout that they make. And let me tell you something. Dark, roasty, cinnamon, coffee, syrup, cassia bark. I have no idea what cassia bark is. But whatever he's doing with it, it's fantastic. It's like the second or third beer that I've had in one of these stouts that has cassia bark in it. O-M-G. Phenomenal. Fantastic stuff uh, from the folks at Timber Ales. Ultra Lotus by Source. Uh, big head, very soft. Got the orange in it, a little bit of the berry, a little bit of bittering too. Um, somebody on uh, one of the Facebook pages had said that uh, they were getting uh, a didactyl taste from this, a little buttery taste from it. I did not. I did not open my can the first day. I let it sit until Saturday uh, before I opened it. Maybe that made the difference. I don't know. Or maybe he just got a bad batch of cans. I did not get the buttery taste out of it. Uh, definitely a good beer. Like the Lotus Hop. A uh, little bit different from uh, the, the hops that people are used to. So I like a little change. Sometimes change is good. Uh, the folks from Magnify, again, uh, knocking it out. Pillow Talk. Very nicely done. Hazy IPA. A little bit of sweetness to this. Excellent. Trogue sent me um, a couple of cans, one of them I cracked open, Perpetual IPA, a well-done IPA with a very nice bite to it, digging the citrus rind. You really taste the rind 
of the citrus in this beer, and that made all the difference. Excellent. Uh, then I had from uh, Brick City the Triple Swirl Pool. I love this series of beer. This one was the Coconut Cherry Orange. Um, the coconut and orange, very present in it. Slight hint of the cherry. Didn't get enough of it. Wanted a little bit more. Just love this series. Bricks, again, can do no wrong for me. Moonstone Beach by Heavy Rail. A uh, little bit of funk to it. Nice bite. And uh, definitely something I would drink with spicy food. I don't know if I would have it with a hamburger. But um, like a little dip that's spicy or whatever. Uh, jalapeno or whatever. Good beer. Because it kind of cuts that bitterness. And then finally, the folks from Kings County Brewers Collective. This is a great beer. Laser Grazer, a fantastic sour. Love the cherries in it. It hits all the right notes. A real nice, easy sipper. A little, a little high on the ABV. I would have expected it to be around four and a half, five, but it's not. It's a little bit higher than that, but a very, very good beer. Folks, we are out of time. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guests, Jim McCune and Jackie DeBella from the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody.